Welcome back to the Astro Camp Summer Podcast. This is going to be another double episode where we have two short mini-podcasts. The first episode is by Excalibur and DPRK, and they're going to be talking mostly about video games, and then we'll be hearing from another camper later. Enjoy! Welcome to uh, our first edition of the StarCraft II podcast. Game Talks. Game Talks, yes. I am joined here by... Uh, the name's Excalibur. Uh, and my name is the Democratic uh, People's Republic of Korea. All right, so, StarCraft II. Now, where do we begin? Let's see. Let's begin by our favorite co-op commanders. Well, no, no, no. First of all, we've got to explain to the listeners oh, what StarCraft is StarCraft II. Right. All right, so StarCraft II is a strategy game, a space strategy game, uh, based off of the highly popular StarCraft One, created in, I believe, the 90s, the 80s or 90s. I think early 90s. StarCraft One was basically a space Same knockoff thing. of World of Warcraft. Space Not World knockoff? of Warcraft, but like what do you, Warcraft okay, for Okay, so they're both about the same company, Blizzard Entertainment, who's also created games such as World of Warcraft, Diablo, Hearthstone, Destiny with uh, Bungie, as well Overwatch. as... Uh, Overwatch, yes. Um... And StarCraft II has really grown, it's a really great community. And so, the whole premise is that you start off with a base, and you start out with some worker units, and throughout the game, which is, usually takes, how long does a normal game take for you? For me, I'd say about, if I'm going against like a uh, harder AI, I'd say about seven minutes. Yeah, and you essentially uh, create a base as you go and battle the other opponent. It's a very, it's a quick time, it's a real-time strategy game, and it's a very, very fun game, and it gets and the, the amount of strategy that I've seen people use is in, is intense. It's, it's it's really great. Yeah, and um, StarCraft Two also has uh, a very interesting story behind it. So I won't go into the full details now, but there's essentially three factions. There's the Protoss, who are like the traditional aliens. They're kind of blue. They have a, they don't really talk. They use telepathy. There's the Zerg. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, a, the there's a Zerg. They like Not eating really things yeah. and consuming biomass. And then there's the Terrans, who are happen to be the humans, and they're like, oh, we've got to fight against both of these because uh, they're both not good. A two-way war. Three-way war. On all, yeah, well, right. It's a three-way war. Three-way war on every side. Protoss are fighting the Terrans and the Zergs are fighting the Protoss. I mean, that really changes through Legacy of the Void. So uh, there's three what are called campaigns that that you can play through. Uh, I believe Wings of Liberty. Well, yeah, of Wings of Liberty, which is the Terran. Hearts Heart, of Swarm, which is Zerg, the Zerg. And Legacy of the Void, which is the Protoss. Yeah, I've played through Wings of Liberty and Legacy of the Void. I'm currently working on Heart of the Swarm, although I'm stuck on this really hard mission that I'm what trying is to it? go. It's the one where you're trying, where Kerrigan's against Dr. Uh, Narud. Oh. And, and you, have to, you have to use the, use Alexei Stukov to um, control the Zelnaga temples to stop Narud from becoming more powerful. That one's really hard. It's the, it's the mission where you get ultralisks. Oh, that mission. Yeah, that mission. Now, so anyway. What about, um, what's the uh, last mission of Wings of Liberty? Is it an all-in? It's the... Um, it's all-in, I think. Yes, yeah, the one where you're facing... It's the one where you have to charge the Zelnaga artifact to, oh, yeah, to defeat Kerrigan. Well, I thankfully did not have to use that artifact, not to flex on all y'all. Why not? Because I just had enough, you know... Units and like uh, the first five minutes. Oh, fine. Well, nice to flex on all of us, but I actually played the storyline. Yes, I also did. 
Yeah, fine, but yeah, but in the storyline, Kerrigan is taken down, whatever. Okay, so the essential story is that there's the Dominion, which is uh, a formation of what was used to be the Terran Confederation that appeared in StarCraft One, I believe. And, uh, don't quote me on this. And the Dominion is essentially this really, like, dictatorial, uh, state. And in Wings of Liberty, you are Jim Rayner, and you are a, uh, you are a commander of the renegade group Rayner's Raiders. And now, you're trying to help free your girlfriend? I guess so. I mean, Sarah Kerrigan. Yeah, Sarah Kerrigan, who used to be a Dominion ghost, meaning she was a stealth unit. A and stealth. then Arcturus Minx was like... I'm out of here. Yeah, and who was abandoned and became the Queen of Blades. You're trying to help Kerrigan, like, kind of, like, be free of, like, the Zerg influence. So at the end of Wings of Liberty, um, you, I, I, I should, should, should we spoil it? Yeah, let's just say spoilers okay. ahead. Yeah, spoilers ahead for any of you who haven't played through it. So, uh, Sarah Kerrigan is freed from the Zerg influence, and, um, but in Heart of the Swarm, you, I mean, the only thing that's, that she retains is her Zerg hair. And now in Heart of the Swarm, she, uh, she, uh, she learns, that, so what, it, so I know that she turns back into Zerg, well, like yeah. primal Zerg, because well, she does this, um, deliberately. Yeah, deliberately turns herself back into a Zerg, kind of screws over the whole point of Wings of Liberty, but okay. And, um, you begin to learn of these ancient, beings known as Zelnaga, and you learn of one known as Amon, who is trying to take over the galaxy. Now, you do some stuff, you help stop him, and you meet this guy named Zeratul. Zeratul is a... Actually, you, you meet Zeratul in Wings of Liberty. Yeah, but Zeratul isn't really a big character in Wings of Liberty. That's true. And, um, and how does one meet Zeratul, who is a Protoss, and he speaks for the Zelnaga, essentially. He's a uh, member of the... Uh, what is it? It's not the... Like, not the it's prophecy. It's not the Kalai. No, it's not like the Kalai. The, the, the... Nerezim. Nerezim. He's a, he's a yeah. member of the Nerezim. The Dark Templar. The dark, yeah, the, it's not only like Dark Protoss, but yeah. not... They're like... They live on this desert world known as Shakuris, which is like... Has, like and then gets a spoiler alert in uh, Legacy of the Lady goes... Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. No, that's <laughs> Ayer that goes bye-bye. No, Ayer... No, no. Oh, that's right. Shakuris, Shakuris goes bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you meet Zeratul, who's trying to help bring about a prophecy that is meant to bring down Amon. And Legacy of Void, uh, you play as Artanis, who is possibly one of the greatest characters in StarCraft. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, uh, he, he's a child, he's like a Protoss prodigy, and he is essentially trying to take down Amon. And uh, in Legacy of the Void, spoilers, Zeratul dies. Such a sad moment. It's a sad moment. And by uh, Artanis' blade. Yes, because of Thingamajiggy. Yeah, he was being controlled by Amon yeah. at the time. So the Protoss had, 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 past tense, this thing called the Kali, which essentially, like, brought them all together, and essentially, like, it was like a tele telepathic network. But Amon used the network to take control of the Protoss, so Artanis had to destroy it, essentially. And so he destroyed it, and, um, and he moved on his way. Then he met some, uh, uh, then he met with the Taldarim, which Ooh. are the evil Protoss, actually. Not necessarily evil, but they, they followed Amon alone. Until they were... Uh, Until you meet this guy named Alarak. Now, Alarak is the... What first was the, Ascendant. First, yes, that's right. First Ascendant Alarak, who is the... Uh, he's essentially like the second in command. He's like, okay, I gotta go do something and like become a high lord. I think he beat Malash. Was uh, Malash, yeah. Malash. Help me beat Malash in, uh, in what's called Rakshir, which yeah. is a... Um, uh, like, a pro yeah. like a ritual. Yeah, ritual, ritual battle. 
and uh, and I can help you. So you do that, and then you go and you help Kerrigan turn into a Zelnaga in the epilogue. Well, what about what, what about the entire pur- uh, pur- purifier thing? Oh, that's right. And then you meet like Robot Protoss. Yeah, this is getting kind of confusing. Robot Protoss. That's right. There's a group of Robot Protoss. Uh, also, this is not in chronological order. We're just summarizing what happened. Yeah, this is not in chronological order. You care the whole Kerrigan thing in. Uh, Legacy of the Void takes place after the, um, takes place after the Dominion you meet Purifiers. Fall. Yeah, then the Dominion Falls, uh, you, you and your newfound, entirely united Protoss, which is pretty cool, go and essentially beat, destroy Amon and force him from this dimension. And then go into the Void. Yeah, then in the epilogue, you're like, alright, well, we gotta destroy Amon completely, and you go into the Void. And you, in there, you help Kerrigan become a Zelnaga. And you beat Amon, and you actually destroy him. The saddest moment is at the end when Jim Rayner. Oh God, yes! The sa- don't, don't, don't! Yeah. I, I'm going, I'm going to break down into tears. Yeah, that was it's so that was, sad. That was incredibly sad. So at the end, Jim Rayner disappears, and nobody knows where he is. Well, Jim Rayner was like super sad because like he was like, um, oh, my girlfriend's a god. No, he was like, no, he was like super sad because he remember uh, the what was the commander's name? Like he was singing like. Uh, all the people that he met and all the uh, oh that um, he lost. What do you mean? The oh the commander. Oh um, you mean the commander of the Hyperion? Yeah. Oh um, who had like had like that suit. Oh um, Han. Uh, uh no, Matt. Matt Horner. Matt Horner. Yeah, he was looking at like the uh, and Swan, like that entire picture of all of them. Yeah. And he was looking at his badge. And it was like a super sad scene. It was what I think. I think that was one of the one video game moment that genuinely like had me like in, almost in tears. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredibly sad. Yeah. Anyway. Well, because it's like you're also super sad because it's all over. Like, yeah. You did it's, it. It's really. It's just, yeah, it's good. I can't wait for Starcraft Three. No. Uh, <laughs> which has been confirmed that won't happen. It won't. Oh, never mind then. All right. Anyway, now it's so time now for you know co-op. the whole story. Now it's time to talk about the thing. Yes. All right. So I say we start off with your favorite faction to play as. Okay. Well, my favorite faction is Terran. Terran. I thought it was Protoss. It used to be Protoss. It used to be Protoss. like Terran. Yeah. All right. So it's Terran. Yeah. Why do you like Terran? I just like the entire feeling of like playing against, like playing as humans. Yeah. And also, it's, like, super mechanized, and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Just with, like, all the animations and all. Yeah. And all the voice lines. All oh, the voice lines. Oh, that's awesome. If you have a moment, listeners, go and listen to some of the voice lines of the Terran units. And if you amazing. Yeah, and if you click on the units long enough, they get, like, super weird, like, voice lines. It, no, but it's really funny, though. Yeah. All right, so I have to say, my favorite faction is also Terran. Uh, I love the voice lines, I love the music, and um, I also love the strategies, but I also lo- I, 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 I lo- I love the unit voice lines though, I think, I would say more than anything, but they're awesome. For example, there's this one unit called the Thor, it's essentially like this huge mech. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on, I was going to say that! Yeah. Yeah, we... Yeah, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, wait. It's not actually our association. Yes, but they took lines from his movies and they put it as the Thor, which is amazing. Are you sure they took lines from his movies? 
Yeah, there's like Asta La Vista, maybe, and stuff like that. Cause that's, uh, well, they, it was a different voice actor. Different voice actor, yeah, but it was still really good. Um, and I've seen so many great, like, oh, humans, oh, they carry, like, the, the, the common cold, which is apparently, like, this virus that's wiped out entire alien civilizations. And, um, and it's really how human, and it, like, in traditional sci-fi, oh, it's the aliens that are better than humans, but no, it's actually humans that are better than aliens. Right. And um, I just really like that idea, and so that's why I play as Terran. Yeah, as do I. Yeah, so what is your least favorite unit? Zerg. Zerg is your Zerg. least favorite unit? Zerg. Oh, yeah. I see. I just don't like the fact that they're like... I, I, it's like all gooey and mushy, and I don't like the sort of robustness. Yeah. Hold on. Rustic look of it. Not really rustic, more like... Organic. Organic, and it's, it's really... It's not simplified, it's really like... Cost, yep. Like, cost and effect or something. I don't know. It's just hard. It's not hard. It's just not fun to play as, in my opinion. I actually don't really have a least favorite. I mean, the one that I don't like to play as much as the others is Zerg as well. But that's only because Zerg's strategy compared to the other Protoss and Terran is wildly different. It's really hard. Like, if you are a Zerg player, you are a good player because Zerg are some of the hardest to use because they don't rely on big units like Protoss do, and they don't rely on easily spammable units like Terran, like, yeah, like Terran do. They, you have to hit a balance, and it's really hard to do so. But yeah, Zerg are, I don't like playing Zerg as much as I like playing other, uh, other factions, but I will do it because I want to in some cases. Yes. See? Um, great, so, what is your favorite strategy to play as, as Terran? Oh, as Terran. Um, let's see. See, the thing about me is I don't really have that good of strategy. I just go with whatever I do, like, whatever yeah, I think about doing. I don't know the names of the strategies, but usually what I do, and this is probably going to trigger a lot of people, but I, I go oh, no. for um, Supply Depot, SCV, no, SCV, then Supply Depot. Um, and then uh, barracks, then another supply depot, then two SEVs, and then I start making um, no, marines. No, 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 no. Then I start making marines, uh, and as soon as I start making marines, uh, I get a. I hate this. I get two Vespian harvesters or whatever. You build your Vespian harvesters bef- after you consume. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have a very, I have a wildly different strategy. We'll see. Yeah. And then I go for that, uh, that good old thing called the robotics bay. Not the robotics bay. Uh, Engineering factory. bay. Factory. Well, not... Yeah, you get what I mean. I go for the... Uh, what's the thing between the... It's engineering bay. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't go for the engineering bay. I go for the factory. The factory constructs me- mechanized units. Yeah, and then, and then I go for the engineering bay. And then I go for the... Armory. I hate this. Yes, and then I build three more supplies. Why do you do this to yourself? Usually. Uh, if I'm, well, this is if I'm playing against um, Zerg, because then I go crap ton of hell, hell bats. Well, m- 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 all right, continue. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, hell bats are uh, good against Zerg, well, light Zerg. 
And then I get a bunch of siege tanks and just siege up and a bunch of bunkers and just wheels up, ready to go. Yeah, and then just wait it out. Just wait for them to come for me. And once they're done, since like I usually mostly play against AI, AI are so bad against like uh, counter uh, are so bad against counterattacks because then they they usually don't have time to build up against a counterattack. No, but they build so many bases though. Is the thing. That's true, but. You could just go through them. It's true. And then, and then I and then I go like full on battle cruisers, and uh, and then I just I just warp I just warp them. Tactical jump, I think it's called. Yeah, that's that's their ability. And then I just go all the way to their main base and just start, you know, going. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's my usual strategy. I've beaten the uh, elite AI once using that strategy once. Once. <laughs> once, yeah, keyword here, once. Yeah. Listen closely, that is what not to do. All right, now this is the stuff that you should do. Now I follow the strategy, prepare for the, defend for the long game, attack for the short game. So what I do is I construct three SCVs, supply depot, engineering bay barracks, you build reactor the on barracks, build second barracks, tech core on other barracks. Tech lab. Tech lab, that's what I meant. Tech core is the hybrid uh, no, it's reactor. The reactor core. Reactor. I think. No, it's tech core. It's the it's the, it's a hybrid reactor. Yeah, it's a reactor uh, and tech, tech lab that yeah. I believe Swan gets as a co-op commander. It's the best thing in the universe. Yeah, tech lab. Sorry, and then I build bunkers, missile turrets. I build marines and I hide and I stuff the marines in those bunkers. I research neo steel armor so that I can increase the, my bunker capacity because you never can fit too many marines in a bunker. Well, you can if no, you, know, you can. Oh, well, if you have max capacity, no, you can. Whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah, max capacity, whatever. Um, then I build factory siege tanks. Oh, and after I finish all my marines and my bunkers and my literally network of forces, like imagine no line except they can't get past it. <laughs> or they can't go around it. Um, I build Reapers. Belgium. I build a lot of Reapers. Oh, because oh, you're going to like raid them. I, yes. I, and then, so I usually have like 16 Reapers, and then I set their special grenade. I, 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 and then, they, so you know the Reapers have a special grenade, right? That they can yeah, the do like RDH 50, charge, I think. I believe so. It's that one that like, can do like 50 damage to structures. Yeah, I think they nerfed it It's a lot. really spammable. Yeah, that's true. Then I just attack, charge with all my Reapers at the enemy base. Usually they're not prepared by this time, and so my Reapers, just, my reapers can also jump cliffs. Oh yeah, so well, my Reapers just make short work of their of their um, of their forces, and I, I just spam RDH charge. And uh, but if and, RDH, I think. yeah, but I fight to the last Reaper, and if all the those Reapers die, I just make more. Disposable units. units, except you know they're human lives, but you know that doesn't matter. It's a video game; it doesn't matter. All right. Or does it? It doesn't. Okay, it's cool. a video game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, morals. Now, a good question that I have to ask you. Yes. Hotkeys. Yes or no? Or not hotkeys. Well, actually, yes. Hotkeys. First of all. You know that answer. I don't actually. Yes, you do, and it's no. I've never used a hotkey. You've key. never used hotkeys? Well, I, I use a hotkey for SCVs, but that's it. Also, we should start wrapping up because we have 10 seconds left. So, All right, well, we can continue we can this continue later, continue it this seems. Quote, if 
the next podcast happens. Yes. Well, anyway, we'll have to wait for my answer for later. But anyway, thank you guys for listening, and we hope you tune back next time. Yep. See ya. Thank you. That's it for the first part of our double episode. Next, we have Lil Tighty talking about her favorite and least favorite trends that she sees going around school and camp. Hey guys, it's Lil Tighty here with Trend Talks. This is the first and last installment of this podcast, so I hope you enjoy. Let's get started. Trend Talks is basically Lil Tighty talking about various trends, rating them 1 to 10, seeing how actually trendy and cool they are, or if people who do them are just hosers. Let's begin. Champion. Now, the brand Champion used to be very popular with construction workers. Then, I guess famous people started to wear the brand. It has boom. They have made from $10 sweatshirts, I don't know, one, two, year, two years ago, to $60, $70 sweatshirts this year and last year. I think that Champion, it's a nice brand, but I don't get the hype. I have a Champion hoodie, a Champion shirt, Champion sweatpants, you know? So it's a good brand, but it's a bit overrated because, you know, two years ago, you wouldn't have worn it if you saw a construction worker wear it, you know? But I guess that's the style now. So Champion, I would definitely rate solid seven and a half out of 10. So moving on to hair clips. These hair clips you put in your hair are clips that go in your hair and yeah they're pretty self-explanatory they're just hair clips and they i think they originated in the 90s yeah so i don't like them because you look like a baby and i don't want to look like a baby people these days want to look older that's why they wear crop shirts and crop shorts but you know i guess whatever hair clips are more of like a 10 two and a half out of 10 if i'm being generous which i am so Air Force Ones. Now, there was a song that came out in the 90s called Air Force Ones, you know? And it goes, hey, Big boy, stop under my Air Force One, Big boy, stop under my Air Force Ones. You know? And so they became a trend back in the 90s. Air Force Ones, they're nice shoes. They're basketball shoes, but people don't use them for basketball because they get scuffed up too easily. The ones that are really popular are the all-white ones. White laces, white design, white base. You know, they're, they're a nice pair of shoes. I do admit I have a pair of Air Force Ones, all white Air Force Ones, and they, they're pretty hot. They're pretty hot shoes, gotta say. Okay, I would rate them a solid 8 out of 10. I don't know how they got to come back, but, you know, everything's coming back, so I shouldn't be that surprised. Now, the next brand I'm talking about are Fila shoes, more popularly referred to as dad shoes because they're so chunky now i'm going to get a pair of the all white fila shoes before school because i think they're just hot they're a nice pair of shoes they're durable they do get scuffed easily but since they and air force ones are leather they come off simply you know which is good yeah okay moving on to vans now this is where i get a little little mad so the Vans company is originally a skating company established in 1966 or 1969, I can't remember right now. This brand has always been popular with skaters, with beach boys, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They've come back. I think last year in 2018 they pretty much boomed. Every single person who considers themselves trendy has a pair of Vans. So. I skate. I'm not a poser like everybody else who wears Vans. 
these shoes are for skating and skating only. I don't get the people who wear Vans to be cool. Do I wear Vans to be cool? Yes, but I also skate. So I get a pass, you know? Yes, you do know. Okay, I rate them solid 9 out of 10. They're a good brand. Recommend. Just don't be a poser, okay? That's all. Moving on to, oh God, <laughs> James Charles T. Now, not too long ago, three, four months ago, there was a YouTuber named James Charles, and he is in every way. So he got into some tea with this girl named Tati, which is like his, I don't know, his friend or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know what happened, but he made various videos about it, you know, crying and apologizing to her because they got into like a fight because I guess he was using these like good like growth, like nail and hair growth pills from another supplier instead of Tati. And um, Tati got real mad and totally like unfriended him, I guess. And he's been trying to make it up to her and apologize and just do everything he can to make things right. Um, yeah, so I don't know why this is a trend. People just, everybody talk, talked about it. Now it's over. And he's lost some of his subscribers. I rate this trend a 1 out of 10. I don't understand it, and you shouldn't want to gawk at people, you know, bad stuff. Because James Charles, he got a little messy. He's, he's like a nice guy and stuff, and I don't think it was his fault. But then again, I don't really know the story, so yeah. Now we have the hype beast style. Now, a hype beast is someone who wears expensive clothing to... Black first brand in the hype beast style we're going to be addressing today is Supreme. Now, Supreme had a new drop a few weeks ago. I didn't go to it, but I was like right next to it in Dolls Kill when it happened, and there was like a line down the block. I think Supreme's just kind of run out of things to put the word Supreme on. You know, they've started putting it on like hockey and basketball jerseys, which I don't understand because it's pretty ugly. You know, I do have some Supreme stuff, not the line, not the line. You know, a shirt, and that's all. Shirt costs $94. Shirt that just says the word Supreme World Headquarters on it a bunch of times. And I don't really get the hype. It's just a brand that's expensive. They don't make, like, hot things, but, like, I like the, um, I think they did a collab with North Face. That was pretty hot. I kind of like that a lot. But, yeah, they've just kind of run out of things to put their brand on and you know they have crewnecks that just have the word supreme in a box they're called like box logo crewnecks they go for like twenty five hundred dollars three thousand dollars you know i mean you gotta do what you gotta do to be cool i'd rate supreme like a six out of ten yeah, okay, the next type of these brand we're going to be talking about is Bape. Now, Bape is the brand called the Bathing Ape. So it's just like a big, you know, gorilla in camo. Bape, there's really not much to say about it. It's just a, an expensive brand that people like. Cool, they have cool stuff. So I'd rate it like a 7 out of 10. The next type of these brand we're going to be talking about is Golf. Now, they recently did a collab with this guy, Igor. Igor, I don't know how to pronounce it, but they opened up like... A new store next to the golf store. It's called Igor, 
and they have like cool stuff. I don't know. Golf is just another one of those brands that's like overly expensive and people really love it for some reason even though it's just the word golf on like a thousand dollar shirt you know i guess because these hypebeast brands are so you know special edition and like not hard to find but like expensive that people like them so much like gucci or louis they've always been an expensive brand like i have a gucci belt and i love it dearly and it was like 95 dollars or something stupid like that but you know it's pretty cool and gucci is one of those things that most people don't get but i get it (laughs) Because it's a nice brand. Yes, it's expensive, but pretty hot. Okay, so anyway, so about golf. They make, you know, sweatpants and shirts and hoodies. Just like vape and cream. Um, golf, I would have to rate 7 out of 10. It's fine. I don't love it, but it's a pretty nice brand. Next, Dolls Kill. So, if you have not heard of the store called Dolls Kill, it is basically a brand that has a bunch of super crazy extra clothing that's like in neon colors and it's like cut a bunch of plates so cool they have i don't really know how to explain it it's for the how they describe it's for the misfits and the miss legit you know it's a pretty cool store i would definitely rate it like a 9 out of 10 because when you walk in you there's like fog machines and strobe lights and everything's it's like kind of a warehouse but it's all kind of black everything's kind of like all you feel like you're like in another dimension and you feel really cool because you're there and it's cool and that's it it's pretty cool 9 out of 10 highly recommend yeah so trends are just people who feel self-conscious about themselves and just want to feel better about themselves because they don't know what to do to be cool except for wear cool clothes I definitely, like, vibe with those people who think that trends are everything because I know where you're coming from. I get that you don't think that you're cool and you just want people to like you, but there are other ways to do that. Sometimes trends are just cool to wear. Sometimes they're cute. Sometimes you like them, but more often than not, you just want to be cool. You want to have validation, you know? Because in society today, people are judged so harshly by what they look like that you're just scared to wear the things that you like. So you want to be cool, you want to wear cool clothes. But, you know, sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and be like, I'm great, I'm beautiful. I don't need to do this to have self-worth or self-validation. I already know I'm the stuff. You gotta believe in yourself. Believe that you can, like, do all these things. Believe that you're pretty, beautiful even. You're beautiful. All of you listening to this, just probably like no one. You know, you're beautiful. You have work. You don't need some clothes, some cool people to tell you you're cool. To know you're cool, you know, to do cool things and bam, you're cool. I'm gonna leave you with that. This is Loteki signing off. Peace. Love yourself. Accept yourself. Whoa. <laughs>that's it for today thanks again for listening our intro was created by kevin mcleod and our outro and transitions were created by my friend and astrocamp senior instructor taylor berry i'll see you guys in the next one